1: We forgot to do an intro.
2: We did. We were having such a good time with our fabulous guest, Matt, that we just smoked a joint and got right into it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So what up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? Great. Welcome to We Do Grub, everyone. This is a podcast about comedy. Cannabis. Culture. Cooking. Calling shit out. and And Kleinman. Kleinman. Matt Kleinman.
2: He's so fucking great. That was the best time. I felt like... It was that kind of energy when you, like, y- y- you just get going and you feel like you just, like, you, you run and then you start all running together and then, like, you leap off a cliff into the ocean and then you swim together and then you reach the other side and then you get out onto land and you keep running together. Like, that's what it felt like.
1: It really did feel like that. No yeah. wonder we forgot to do an intro because <laughs> it just, like, was off to the races. Well,
2: and that joint also, like, was lighting the room on fire, so...
1: Well, it's infused.
2: It was great. It's a Cali roll. Shout out. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, you so, ready to get to it? Yeah.
1: Awesome. Well, without further ado, here is our interview with...
2: Matt Kleiman. Kleinman?
1: Kleiman.
0: <laughs> Doesn't she look cool? Very cool. Right. I mean, yes. This whole room is cool. This whole like place is like, damn... There's like fucking soft couch. Like, I, the, half the podcasts I do are like conference rooms. <laughs> I, I like feel like they're like boardrooms or something. Weird. You know what I mean? Where there's like a big table. It makes sense because we want to have their laptops and stuff. So people have like made like big boardroom tables. And then it's just like, are we uh, just like having a a meeting about like <laughs> yeah. taking over your company? Like, what is happening?
2: Yeah. Is it conducive to conversation? Well, I hope this room is. This feels very this is nice. Great. You're like hugging
0: yeah. a pillow. Know, it's like we're really like hanging out. It's <laughs> nice. This yeah. Is by
1: the end of this episode, we're just going to be like touching pillows and couches and it's going to be silent. But stroking the This is a squishy curtains.
0: one, this is a firm <laughs> one.
1: Hopefully, that gets everybody excited to check out your new awesome. projects, Matt. Thanks for joining us. Oh, yeah, I'm good. You.
2: Thank you. Perfect start.
0: Let me give you a great intro. <sighs> Please, thank you. How are you, Matt? I'm honestly, I'm great. It's yeah, great. it's really good to see you. You too, it's cool dude. Cool to be in a cool room that you had. Like, oh, to see someone and then be like shown a great room they have access to. I mean, incredible. There's so- plants on the wall, fake plants.
2: I know. Yeah, we got the jungle wall. <laughs> so good.
1: So we haven't seen each other in years, and when you emailed and you were like, "Yo, dude, I'm in LA. Are you living here?" Like, oh, I live here. On? Yes,
0: I live here. Oh, I've for- lived here. Well, it's because the pandemic just like deletes a big part of everybody's lives or whatever. I but don't I'm, even count that. Yeah, time. so I moved here in like 2018. Okay. Um. And wait. So then, was I in New York when you were like
1: doing a going away thing, and I couldn't make it to a New York? maybe going away party and you are like come smoke
0: possibly that was the time that would make sense yeah 2017 2018 something like that that's when you were around yeah Yeah. or then but also when you leave New York you like reverberate leave you like go back like the next year like three times because you can't leave and then you keep like having like hey I'm I left but I'm leaving like it's you can't just leave New York it's like a. I always it's sort of like a a third lobe of your brain that like New York (laughs) is you know what I mean where most of that is filled with like the MTA map but like it's just like (laughs) a Another limb that you like have to discard when you move here.
2: And in my experience, it will forever be that extra yeah. lobe. And I know to the degree that I so I lived in New York for thirteen years before oh, I moved here. Okay, yeah. And um, I know that it will never leave me because I still read all of the New York newspapers. Yeah, of course.
0: Yeah, right. I well, those are any... the only ones I understand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't read any LA
2: newspapers. No, like no, like no. yeah, you it's check
0: like, the New like York NY Times. Mag and like Gothamist. I go yeah. maybe Gothamist is dead now.
2: Mike is having yeah. to put out a fire here with this. Joint. Yeah, this I think is this like is sc- really entertaining. If anyone is watching the YouTube version. Of what's going on, Mike has been preoccupied a with tale like. Tale of smoke. Uh, do we do it? Do you need fire water? Fire. You She's, okay? Yeah. <laughs> That's
1: like a metaphor for my life though. Yeah.
2: Just you like think you put it out and then you, you Lit did the room it. on fire. Yeah.
1: And then I slowly casually just kind of like try and put it out, but it keeps burning.
0: No, right, yeah. no, it's not a big deal. This is not a big deal. Whatever what the horrible thing is happening in my life, it's not a big deal. Don't this worry is about fine. It. Yeah, this is absolutely fine. <laughs> that was yeah. Yeah, that was an that. act
2: out of the this is fine yeah, meme. A hundred percent. Well, can you take me back? Because uh I am new to your whole sort of, you know, association, friendship, w- working together. World, how did you two meet?
0: I so we met up through my app. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> through an app. I made an app. I made an app. My name is Matt Kleinman. I'm a comedian, but for some reason, I made an app, uh, a joke writing app, when I worked at Funny or Die. So I was like into tech. You know, you got to remember, like back in 2012, 2013, everybody was like, I got to make an app. You know, everybody was into tech. Tech was cool. Nobody make an thought app it like- sucks. No, I wrote on an app because Matt's smarter than I am. (laughs) Well, smart, I don't know. It's like there's a certain kind of what working in tech has made me realize, to be honest, is there are many like being smart means so many different things. And being smart in one way doesn't mean you have wisdom in any other way. And being smart in one way and, and very, I can't emphatically say this enough, doesn't mean you will be smart in other ways or that anyone should ever listen to you. So just because you made a piece of technology that was successful or deemed successful in some ways does not mean people should listen to that person for other things. That's just like a lesson that I think people should carry with them. And that applies to myself too, but I'm obviously speaking about other people. Uh, <laughs> but but I so I wrote for The Onion and I wrote for Funnier Die in New York. And at Funnier Die, Funnier Die like was a tech company. If you guys remember, Funnier Die used to compete with YouTube. Like they were like wow. competitors for your online videos. Do you remember going to like I do? Yeah. Like I want the
1: landlord w- set it off. That was
0: it. Yeah. For all like, the I'm,
2: landlord, right? Right. If it's I want to
0: watch like cute animals, I go to YouTube. If I wanna watch like a sketch or a comedy video or stand-up, I go to funnier Die.com. Did was, you ever
2: see the Funnier Die series about the High Times offices?
0: No, there was a whole series about the High Times offices.
2: And they nailed it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it was great. We were, like, I worked at High Times at the time, and they were like, Yep. <laughs> they got it exactly. <laughs> That's what right. it would be like. But yeah, it was like so. Sorry, yes. to interject. Oh no, but- no,
0: totally. So then they had a whole team of developers, and finally they like kind of were like, Hey, we should make an app like for comedy writers. And they wanted to make a joke-writing app. And I had done some stuff, I had won some like comedy hackathons that some friends of mine had put together together that some people I used to work with at The Onion where it was like they would slam developers with comedians together to make like funny apps. Um, Like, yeah, which was cool. I made one uh, called the first one I won with was called shout roulette where it was like ch- uh, it was like um, do you remember it was a chat roulette right where you would yeah. just like pick random and someone would be a different person would be masturbating at you do I you will guess-
2: say there was like a month or two before the masturbating right. thing took over where it was legitimately like you could talk to someone in their living room in Poland and totally like, oh cool but yes and it
0: was actually a really cool thing and I've wondered why there hasn't been new versions of it but I guess it's because it's very hard to get the machine to kick people off for masturbating but maybe AI <laughs> is smart enough now that I can recognize masturbators and kick them off right away. We yeah. need dick recognition systems. Right, exactly, yeah. So we, and pussy recognition. And yes, <laughs> and pussy, no. pussy recognition equitable. system. Thank you for saying that. And whatever or whatever it is that you might be masturbating on your body that gives you the same sort of sexual pleasure. It's not, yes, right, exactly. Who knows? Yep. Uh, so, but anyways, uh, the first app I made was like, <laughs> it set you up with someone who disagreed with you and then about like an issue and then you could just start arguing with them right away. Fun. So it's like if you wanted to argue with somebody about like weed policy or something, you put down... I am pro-federal legalization and then someone else would put like I am anti-federal legalization and then it would put you on a video call and you could just start shouting at each other.
2: (laughs) I mean, where is that? I know, yeah.
0: Now I'm saying I'm like, oh, that was a good idea.
1: I love it too because it gets away the clutter of Twitter yes. when you are actually having trying to like maybe like talk some shit out. Right. right. Yeah. Total. It's a good idea. Well
0: the idea is that you start shouting at each other, but then so but then you kind of actually probably would get to know each other. I
2: guess it's um what's that weird talky space thing that you liked in during the pandemic where people oh, were going I, to I got, room. I got duped
1: by
0: Clubhouse Clubhouse I I called
2: Blackboard fell into Clubhouse <laughs> called
1: I was like this is the future. Oh. And then I was looking back now and I'm like
2: we were all just lonely we and locked so in our homes. Lonely, yeah. So lonely. So crazy. Wow. And just
0: want anyway, I worked on some app things. Funnier I was like, "Matt, would you want to come up with one?" And I was like, "Of sure, kind of." And then I kind of came up with this idea for a joke writing app called Pitch. And pitch was like Twitter if it was only for comedians, and if everyone was anonymous, so that you could pitch bad jokes, but you w- didn't have to have shame about that. Not
2: ruining your own because,
0: career. <laughs> well, kind of, yeah. because only if it was good and people upvoted it would your name get attached to it. And then, and so it was sort of like trying to use an anonymous message board, but like in a powerful way to like make. For a positive reasons rather than like what like 4chan is for, which is for like Nazi racist reasons, like using like the cool part about it, which we did with heavy moderation, like any asshole we did. It was invite only. It was very like selective, like being in the in there. And if anyone was an asshole, we would get rid of them, which is like how you should run one of those things. Yes. And anyways, but Glazer was one of the most prolific writers on the app. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. Oh, well, you know that. I don't know. And then you you got money, right? We would pay people. We gave comedians money. I think that's
2: right around when we met. You were writing for, yeah. Yeah, I loved it. I remember you like being on your phone a lot and like, but you were working.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Writing something like, um, you know. Like just like some something that was like a great topic. I wasn't ever good at topics. I could nail making topics. I could nail a list. But the topic is, you know, a little different. That's why I can't come up with one to make a funny example and move this conversation forward. Right. It would be like
0: what kinds of pillows should be in this weed podcast studio. Right. And you would be like, oh, like a weed shaped pillow. Oh, like a joint-shaped pillow. Oh, like a nug-shaped pillow. (laughs) (laughs) Basically what like I guess a computer could do now. Wow. Uh, but the, <laughs> but uh, but it was like lists of jokes and people would write them and then we would turn them into articles or try to sell them to sponsors or things like that. And we pay people money. I mean, I
2: feel like you just like you both like your brains m- m- from writing at The Onion, I'm sure it's like you, you had done a million comedy pushups at that point. You were right. just ready to like get fire them out. I just don't know how it's amazing to think about brains firing in that way.
1: Well, it was also for a lot of us, myself included, something we could put on our resume that was like thin credit wise but (laughs) we were like no like my stuff is out there and the articles are getting seen and i'm getting paid to be a comedy writer so fuck if i'm getting paid it's going on the resume like that's how it is you know that
0: literally we were so that's the thing i'm most proud about that is that i like a lot of people the first time they ever got paid to write a joke the first joke they ever sold was through that app which is super cool because i think that is what makes you feel like a comedy writer
1: absolutely yeah and and also at the time like funnier die well now i mean we're going to get into your uh h or i'm sorry max series <laughs> yes. in a moment thank you um but the the at that time funnier die was like i remember i wrote an article for them about how to make Lemon bars before your LSD kicks in. <laughs> and like, I had pitched it everywhere. And then Funnier Die came online. They're like, Yeah, great. That we'd love to have that. Oh, and I was right. like, Ah, finally a place for me. You know? <laughs>
2: yeah, it was it. a f- fucking great article. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I read it before I met you. Oh, I was really? Like, yeah, oh, really? Yeah, this is for me. Oh, nice. <laughs> I, I like this guy's kind of funny.
1: So, how did you pivot from. Onion to, or were you contributing to The Onion?
0: Oh, yeah. When I started at The Onion, I started contributing. Yeah, I mean, that's how that place worked, man. You, like, wrote headlines for, like, years before you even had, like, a shot at something more. But I wrote for their video department, The Onion News Network, for, like, two years just submitting headlines to become, to get turned into videos or to run in the little crawl beneath the videos, if you guys remember those those Onion News Network fake news videos. And then after two years, they had an opening on the staff, and I submitted for that, and then I got that, and then that was my first job. Like in a writer's room like wow. writing. And so I was a staff writer For the Onion News Network And for some things Related to that For a few years Yeah
2: How was well, Was it cool And fun
0: Yeah It was incredible It was like You know that Simpsons episode Where they go to New York City And then they go to Like the Mad Magazine office And it's like Everything that Bart Ever wanted it to be <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. yes.
0: It felt like that Working for the Onion In New York City Like in Soho Like at the time Probably a lot Like what High Times Because like you worked, you worked at High Times Around the same time
2: Yeah I was at High Times Uh I started in the offices like part-time in 2007, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: uh, was that in New York? And that was in- Yeah, Park Avenue,
2: 419 Park Avenue South.
0: Totally. Mm -hmm. And so like, remember like working for like publications and stuff was really cool because everybody thought it was the coolest thing you could do. And then you would make uh, those offices were just like the identities of those places. Yeah. And so it was like, and when I joined the Onion, it was still a lot of the people who had first been there in Madison who had like first made the Onion paper and shit like that. So they had just like, just like the cool- Coolest Gen Xers you could imagine having like giant posters of like cool bands like signed by the cool band people and like adult swim shit everywhere and like old onion shit everywhere. It was like so fucking cool. And so yeah, so then work getting to work in that office before they like destroyed it and moved to Chicago or whatever was uh, like a really special, cool thing that I'm very feel very fortunate. Do any to
1: videos, headlines, or crawls come to mind that you were like, dang, I fucking Nailed that Um, one. Oh,
0: yeah. Well, it's funny. I have a toddler now. Uh, I have an 18 month old toddler and the very first joke I pitched the thing that like the that was my first like oh wow I'm a comedy writer was a video I pitched for the onion News Network for their morning show they used to have a fake morning show dude and it was uh the headline was uh introducing the new baby safe baby ball that you that lets you safely <laughs> shake your baby <laughs> and so it was like a morning show <laughs> segment where like an, a, an expert like put a little baby a crying baby that just wouldn't be inconsolable Put them in this little ball that has, like, you know, I don't know, like some sort of, uh, you know, hover, I don't know, whatever. Like a gyroscopic. Thank you. A gyroscopic technology that allows you to shake the baby as hard as you need to, but (laughs) the baby stays perfectly safe. So that was the first joke I ever sold and got turned to a video. And I remember, and now having the baby, I've been like, I always think about that because I would never shake my baby. But the thing about having a baby is all the solution, like, you're always (laughs) supposed to shake the baby just a little bit. It's kind of this weird thing where you okay. are like yeah. to get the baby to sleep. You got to shake the baby just a little bit, but we don't call it that. We call it <laughs> rocking, you know, you call it whatever, but like, no, you kind of got to shake the baby just a little bit until it like <laughs> passes out. <laughs> That's what you're trying to do. Oh man. That's good.
1: <laughs> so at, uh, at, at the onion, was it full time? Yeah, At that yeah, point, yeah. staff right? Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, but you know, it was skirting every labor law. It was like I worked there full time on staff, and for the first two years, I was a contractor for the whole time. I don't oh, know yeah. if that was the case for you guys, too, or whatever. How that's how, like, oh, everybody yeah, I was figured that shit for, out. I was,
2: I was like, uh, I mean, I was a proofreader. I started as a proofreader okay, and then yeah. copy editor, and then I was a writer, and I didn't get an editorial position for like seven years. I okay, mean.
0: yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, so, but yeah, I don't know. But it was for us, it was literally I was full time in the office doing it, like, it was a, just a classic thing, but I was a, a, then I would file a 1099 or whatever. Yeah. Then we later realized we should have been reporting that for, like, fraud or something like that, that that was something. Cause yeah. They get, so they get away from, you know, Then they don't have to pay you benefits and shit like that. Yeah,
2: and you're not unionized or right, anything. Exactly, yeah. year,
0: know, so right, exactly. This year, right? Or last year? But, well, the people – I mean, there's a California – the new California law. People are getting more and more wise to this sort of stuff, but – I feel like cuz like Uber and stuff like that literally took this as like their main business model was what if we like paid freelancers but it was cab drivers
2: <laughs> it was just <laughs> yeah. like what if we
0: did that same thing
2: destroying the world.
0: Yeah, right. So they figured it out on mass and now they're trying to crack down on it. But yeah, at the time it was just like how uh, And
2: were you doing stand up in New York at the same uh, time?
0: I did more sketch and improv stuff. So I was like okay. a UCB kind of like nice. so yeah, I taught sketch at UCB. I did like I was on like Carol team for like 5 years and did that sort of stuff. So yeah, you yeah. know. You awesome. know, UCB.
2: Yeah, I lived across the street from that Gristides. Oh, shit. I was in 25th and 7th or no 25th way. and 8th. Right there. <laughs> in like the
0: buildings where they yeah. would always tell us to, to to quiet down so that people like you could sleep. After oh, no, shows. I was loud as hell. We okay. were part of the
2: loud okay. people. Excellent. Yeah, I was Glad to on it. a loud scale. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. So then, yeah. So I, that's, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, are you just, I really like bio? Like, well, yeah. Where, where should I, well, should I it's just be, you It's, it's just
1: cool because like to <laughs> jump way ahead, you're oh, one yeah. of the only people since high maintenance who has gotten a weed show through to on something main? So I just kind of wanted to like oh, timeline it yeah. a little bit because, sure. like, I don't know, you just kind of like cracked a code, I think. Especially a lot of people who listen to this are gonna be like, "How the fuck did you pull it off?" So, oh yeah, I just kind of wanted to talk about New York a bit more, yeah, if you don't for mind, because sure. no. like Funny or Die, especially in that heyday, did you just like leave The Onion and start going over there?
0: Yeah, basically, like The Onion shut down in New York around the same time that Funny or Die was starting up an office, and a few friends of mine were like starting up an office there, and they asked me if I wanted to join up, and yeah, so it, which was cool because they also were very. I was doing stuff like other gigs, like I did some Adult Swim stuff stuff, um, some Comedy Central stuff, but they would like let you like do that stuff while also writing for them or whatever. And so it was like a very chill, nice gig in New York. It's so crazy because I moved to L.A. thinking
1: I wanted to be a late night show writer. And everybody talks about New York, how it's like, no, I was writing for Comedy Central and The Onion and Funny or Die and Adult Swim. And like New York was this hotbed of writing that never occurred to me and I never knew about. But so many people just stayed there and then crushed it
0: (laughs) well that sort of stuff was there a lot more than in LA like LA was like but everyone in LA like actually now that I live here it's like oh wait it's a completely different thing to try to get into like scripted television to try to write movies like that sort of thing but in New York it's just like all late night show all like joke writing all like sketch like all that kind of stuff is like what like makes the city go around yeah. Daily show. That's wild. Night I show. remember when I was
2: living there, I was – you, did you know the Story Pirates? Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. I know a bunch
0: of people who did Story Pirates. Me too. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, a really it good friend well... of mine,
2: Chris Ferry. I don't know if you ever knew no, Chris no, Ferry. But, but yeah. I auditioned for the Story Pirates at oh, the same awesome. time as Chris did. And uh, I got a call back and then didn't get in. And I was always bummed because they were so freaking cool. But um, followed their work and everything. And I remember, like, one of the first times I went, Reggie Watts was doing it in Kristen Shaw. Wow. And Reggie, (laughs) I had known, but I was like introduced to Kristen Shaw. And, like, I can't remember some of the other big names, but it was just so crazy to think back to those times where I was like in a basement in Midtown watching Kristen Shaw do. The story pirates which was like improv for kids basically like the amazing storytelling was fucking it's just it was a very cool time for like i saw parna nancherla do you know weird comedy in a bar and like that kind of those level of people who i'm just so endlessly impressed by but i feel like I was, you know, just hanging out in the same circles at one time.
0: Yes, no, 100%. Wow. I moved to New York because I, like, would come on weekends from college and watch, like, Jason Mansukas, Jason Mantzoukas, and, like, Lennon Parham, and, like, John Daly, and, like, Gemberling, like, I don't know, all these people, like, Ben Schwartz, or I remember being at, like, Ben Schwartz's, like, Goodbye, New York, his going away from New York party. Wow. <laughs> it's like, it's yeah. like, he had, like, a big, long show at UCB, and it was like, wow. Ben Schwartz, see you later. For some reason, I thought you were a Michigan dude. Oh, huh? no, well, because pro- I work at The Onion, some people sort of think that I Must have been through the to the come from the Midwest, but no, I'm actually from San Diego originally. Wait, what? Yeah, dude.
2: Wow, really? California.
0: Welcome back, guys. Yeah, Sup, I'm from
2: San Diego. (laughs) You
0: mean the weed smoking comedy guys from San Diego? Yeah, can you believe it? Yeah, it was and in New York, everyone was like, Oh, Kleinman, you're so laid back. Like, and it made me really like a special guy that I, well, guys, I'm from San Diego, you know? And then we come here and now nobody cares. everybody's from fucking
2: Did you have a guy in New York, a delivery guy? Dude, where would you get New
0: York weed? weed. So, and this is I feel terrible because it's this I feel like it's just like the ultimate millennial take, and I feel bad about it. But we I did like smoking weed better when it was illegal. Right, when, and, when
2: nobody's disagreeing, <laughs>
0: and and part and I don't know, but part of it was because in New York, I don't know if you. I'm curious how you got your weed. First, I had a dude who you would call, and there would be a voice message, and you would say, "Hi, this is like Matt. I'd like tickets to the guest list, please." And then they would call you back. And my wife like would constantly make fun of it because that's like tickets to the guest list makes no sense. If you have a ticket, then you aren't on the guest list. And if you're on the guest list, you don't need a ticket. (laughs) 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 That's the whole thing about going to an event. convoluted. Yeah. And then a guy would come and you would like get in his car or whatever and he would drive around the block and you would buy it. But then I got a really – there was this anonymous app called Wicker. Wicker – did you guys – did you ever use this service? I never used it, but I remember. There was a – server, it was just like different people were on like Wicker, which was like one of the services that – like it was a chat, but then your chat would delete or whatever. And you could ask for weed. And they came and like – it was so well-branded. The graphic design was really good. And it all had – it was the first time I knew about like sort of like C- THC percentage and CBD percentage because they would list it on the thing. And they would have different strains. And it was great. And it was awesome. Uh, and I – but I do feel like – yeah that shit probably wasn't as high quality but like the highest THC level for those I would always like you know because I was in my 20s and like yeah I want to get like fucked up and so I would get like the highest THC level they had which would be like 24% yep. and then now it's like insane. now if I want like low THC level I like that's the like I don't know all we got is like 24% is that like what you
1: <laughs> don't touch that canister in front of you okay. yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah
2: it's just gonna instantly yeah, destroy he's... me <laughs> <Poof>. <laughs>
0: yeah
2: I remember I, I my boyfriend was the big stoner so he did all the ordering and he had a guy who was named the white whale and he would come over <laughs> yeah. with his backpack full of jewel cases oh, yeah. and then he also had mushrooms and molly and a bunch of stuff so it was really exciting because oh, nice. he wasn't just a weed guy yeah but then we also at the high times offices had a guy who would just come through with your order <laughs> and it was great it was like you know you get your lunch order and you would also order up whatever you wanted oh, and sick. he would come through within you know he'd sell you an eighth at a time which was really nice and uh yeah it was pretty great
0: that's yeah i guess i kind of was that guy for, for the funnier die office was i would have my i would like to let everybody know when the weed guy was going to come to the office and then people would put in orders
2: It's so fun. <laughs> like jimmy johns yeah. yeah it's like a jimmy
0: John. yeah hey but guys what do you can... want from jimmy johns yeah. what, do you, what do you want from the wicker man
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh man so fun and now you're making weed shows like yes. we've got to get into it because oh, you've got two things happening that yeah we have to talk about
0: thank you yes thank <laughs> you for, again thank you for having me to talk about these things i thought that you guys would Well, they're very good. Yeah. Thank you. Congratulations. Thanks guys. I'm making
2: awesome stuff. (laughs) I really appreciate it. It's very hard
0: to make things. you guys know? It's like so hard, Mm -hmm. but then you can do it sometimes. If you like work really hard or you try, or you get really lucky. Then like sometimes you get one through and that's how I feel about these things. But yeah, but definitely high science. Um, on max. Yes. Thank you. It's on mask. It's it, on max. It's a discovery. Well, this, I'll tell you the story about this. Cause it, it is crazy. It's,
1: yes, please. Cause it feels
0: very. Loopy. So it is like, and I like telling it, especially to people who are trying to make stuff and do stuff in this industry, because I think it is at least in some ways, the more positive version of like a story that you hear a lot, yeah. mm-hmm. but where we pitched it five years ago. Um,
2: I feel like I need to get my notebook right I know, now. Right, <laughs> yes, yeah,
0: yeah, sure. yeah, So here's how it works, guys. Okay. You pitched something five years ago. You, we meaning you and Zach. Me and Zach. Okay. So Zach Poitras is another guy who I worked with a lot. We're like also like best buds. We like officiated each other's weddings and shit like that. Like we're like we've been working together. Did we did a lot of shows together at ECB and stuff. And he and I were at Funnier or Die, and Funnier or Die had done a well. We had whatever. They had just like laid off all their staff or something like that. But we were still trying to pitch stuff with them, and they had just done a. Deep a development deal with science and discovery for like a late night stoner block because they knew that people like go, you know, when do you watch planet earth? You like come home after a party or something and you like are still hungry. And so you picked up like some Jack in the box or whatever. And so you want to like smoke and eat your Jack in the box tacos and watch something. Yeah.
2: You need the soothing tones of David Attenborough to like make everything feel okay.
0: Right. So people, so they're like, so what about this planet earth audience? Like what if we tried to make something more specifically for them? I don't know. There was some exec there who really wanted to do a a science weed comedy show. And he was like, what would be our high science? Like literally like they gave us the title or whatever, but we had, but they did like a comp, you know, whatever, like a bake off or whatever for pitches for like what a show that there would kind of be like their drunk history, sort of like whatever that would be for them. And so we came in and we pitched this idea of, two, like, loser lab assistants who find a talking bong in the back of their lab, and if they <laughs> want to learn about something, they smoke that thing out of the bong. And so, like, that was the concept. So, like, if you want to learn about the moon, you grab a little nug labeled the moon, you put it in the bong, you smoke the moon, and then you get high on the moon.
2: Moon rocks. Yes, you smoke your moon <laughs> rocks.
0: You grind up your moon rocks, and you put them in your little, like, crack burner. And then, uh, yeah, so then and then we, like, hallucinate real facts and real lessons and real shit about the moon. And we talked to like experts and shit like that. And like, so that was sort of the concept and then the, the discovery liked our concept for it. And so they gave us a little money to make a sizzle reel for it. Um, which uh, Sizzle Reel or, or I guess like a pilot presentation. It's like a 10 minute version of what would be like a whole show. Was it
1: always going to be green screened? Like yeah, that? totally. Oh, so we shot it
0: the whole thing in like the studio at funny or die, just like in the green screen studio. And we didn't have enough money to do. They were like, if you guys can write it, that would be great. And then they're like, we don't have the budget for anyone else to direct it. If you guys could direct it, that would be great. And then we don't have any budget for anyone else to be in it. If you guys could just be in it just for like this little pilot presentation so that we can get the concept out, then that would be great. And we were like, yeah, yeah, sure. Totally. Whatever. When like, And so we made this thing and it just like was like way better than we thought it was going to like it just like worked. It like was really cool and it worked. So and great. we got this dude. One of our producers found this guy named John Boswell, who has this incredible YouTube channel that like everyone should check out if they haven't called Melody Sheep. It's this dude, he John, he makes... He basically like gives you like the history of the universe or like the history of the moon or the history of like how the solar system is going to evolve over the next 10 trillion years. Like he'll make a video about that and he'll score it himself. He'll like make all these amazing 3d graphics and shit like that. These like, it's just like the sickest stuff to look at. And he, uh, we kind of tracked him down and asked him if he wanted to help us make this thing. And he was down. So he also helped, he like edited it and put it all to like a beat and wow. like put these sick visuals in it. And like, that was like kind of this missing component for, I think this thing And it, I don't know, it just came out so good. Uh, and so we were stoked Our exec at Science Discovery was stoked. He was like, hell yes, this is exactly what I wanted. Thank you. Then he showed it to his boss, and his boss was the head of the network, and she was like, we would never show people smoking on our on air. Are you crazy?
2: Wait, what year was this? This
0: was twenty eighteen. Okay, yeah, and so right. they, wow. which we all thought we were like, you know, of course everybody's smoking weed and it doesn't matter anymore. But this wasn't HBO. This was this was like ad supported Discovery Channel or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you know, I don't know. At the time, they were shy about it. Uh, and they didn't feel comfortable with it. And so we were like, oh, dang. And then our exec was like fired immediately. <laughs> oh, man. And we were like, no. And we love the project. And we were like, but I guess it's dead. And that's what happens. Yeah. But then I guess a few years went by. Some people who were at the network at the time who remembered it and loved it at th- then and credit to funny or die. They like kind of kept the light on for this project. I don't know how, but another exec there who had been there, got more power. They started discovery plus, which was going to be, which was their streaming service. And they were like, I don't know legalization had like moved across the country more like people's attitudes had changed, whatever it was, they felt like it was more possible now for them to show us smoking on air. And, uh, even though we weren't, you know, we're smoking the moon. We're not smoking. We're not even smoking weed. We're smoking like a scientific topic. We're not like it's like fake. Yeah. Still. Anyway, so they came back around, and we were like, sure. And they were like, if you can get like a big celebrity attached, then we'll green light six a little six episode, super low budget season. And then we got Paul Bettany attached, and Wild. which was crazy. We wrote him a really nice letter, and we're like, he was like, I mean, a top choice, like for us. Like, yeah.
2: Why Paul Bettany specifically? We, well,
0: li- literally, specifically, we wanted a, someone British and like of like you know with like a that kind of like gravitas to it and then he just seemed like all, we adult we love master and commander and he was like the darwin <laughs> character in master and commander yeah. and i think for us it just like felt like a really good I don't know. We couldn't believe he said yes. We were like, oh, hell yeah. It's this so awesome. Sick.
2: I had no idea that Paul Bettany was like a good time, you know, because oh, yeah. I think of him as like just such an intense, crazy actor. I think totally. the first time I saw him was in the Angels and Demons or whatever. Oh, yeah, self so flagellating. Yes. Totally. Yeah. Yes. He just seems yeah. like a very intense. So it's so fun. Like his bong is just yes. like. Such a joy. <laughs> yes,
0: thank. you. Yeah, no, he was so cool too. He was like super into the project. Oh, wait, he, isn't like,
2: he married to Jennifer Connelly? He's also married to Jennifer. Did Connelly. you meet Jennifer
0: Connelly? No, absolutely not. But we talked about her. <laughs> 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 he like brings. I, I don't know. Paul, Paul knows. He gets it. He like brings up all the time that that like he's married to Jennifer, Jennifer Connelly. Married Connelly, and he's like, I don't know. I don't know how I did it. I don't know.
2: <laughs> well, he's also insane. He, look, he is. And, well, like, too it's crazy like, aliens. but he knows
0: that like uh, that he must. He you know, if you fucking are married to Jennifer Connelly, you got to be doing something. Right. Yeah. You know?
1: <laughs> yeah. But so, what know. does it look like from that pilot presentation that then enough time has passed that um they can relook at it and be like, oh, we don't need to sell ads against this on a yeah. network or whatever. So, here we are. So, then do they come to you and they're like, "What does this entire show look like for six kind of, episodes?
0: Yeah, sort of. And we, I mean, we had had it like once we just knew to do more of what was the, like the sizzle reel. If you watched it, it's like it is exactly the show pretty much like in some ways, like the we were able to do some things better, but actually some things we did better in the sizzle reel because we could the way that we shot this show was we had two days to shoot six episodes of television all in front of a green screen because we had to save so much money for the visual effects for this show. Mm -hmm. And it's like the tiniest budget thing. And so we, if you watch the show, you'll see there's only three, like there's two angles on us basically like it's just us because it's just us in front of a green screen and we could do different setups of like floating or like walking but like we just had to like move and so we shot yeah three episodes a day basically scripted and, yes it was all like we had to rehearse it within an inch of our lives because zach and i were scared that if we didn't know anything that everyone would be so mad at us because it was like our show and we had so little time to shoot everything so when we wrote it uh and then we also were in it so So we like could like memorize it, which is so that was the other thing too. we when it came down to it, it wasn't going to be us in the show, even when we were going to make it. Because we just were like, you know, I don't know, I you will, you know, I'm not that fam- I'm like a nice guy, but I'm not like a famous man, you know what I mean? Like I don't, you know, it's and everything so- they
1: like. One of the reasons that you always get a no is it's like, oh, we need someone attached to this, totally, and then it's not a risk,
0: right? Exactly. Right. And So we had Paul Bettany, which helped, but then even for us, it was still like we're not. You I mean Zach and I have been doing performing and doing stuff, and every once like in a while, get a role in something, but we're not like big dudes or whatever. But we, by any stretch, but as we were writing it. It just kind of, I don't know, it like, it just made, it was weird to write it for somebody else. Uh, like to make up characters to do it for some reason it made more sense that it was like the people who made the show who were super into science themselves and you already like, have the
2: comedic chemistry yeah, like your relationship is so funny I, I, yeah as a duo. I, yeah totally
0: yeah so that was sort of the thing and then i mean it really wasn't our call we did the whole thing where they like we like they got submissions for other people we went away for christmas and then when we came back they were like guys we've decided who it's going to be the, like the production company in the network and they were like it'll be you guys and we were like what whoa cool. do you know I auditioned did you yeah oh shit I did and that, then when I saw that it was state. you guys I was like yes <laughs> like <laughs> thank fucking god <laughs> I'm so glad you auditioned for it and I'm glad I didn't I'm glad like because we were we knew some of the tape I don't know I didn't watch your tape I should have watched your tape oh I'm, like, I don't, don't think I nailed the Matt Kleiman. so let's be serious <laughs> That's awesome. I'm glad you did. What did you think when you auditioned for it?
1: Uh, I was jealous because it was called High Science, and mm-hmm. I love science, and I love weed. And then I was like, fuck. And then I saw Zach's name on it. I don't think I saw your name on whatever the breakdown was. And then I was like, oh, well, we follow each other on Instagram, so I'm happy he's getting to make it. And then it turned out that you were a part of it. And then I saw both of you on camera, and I was like, this is the best possible outcome <laughs> of this. Like, You know what I mean? Because like, I don't know, you two together on it, especially the first episode uh, which is the moon? If everyone wants to go check that one out, though, I think like one of the first things out of your guys' mouth is like, "Did we really land here?" And I was like, <laughs> "Thank you, great, let's talk about it, man. Like, what's real, what's not?"
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know? we, yeah. Well, so that was the thing is we could just kind of like do what our dynamic as friends was for the show, and it like worked because all we do is talk about science. Like Zach and I are just constantly like texting each other New York Times science articles <laughs> or like and just like constantly talking about you know like when you you know, I mean, you guys love science, I'm a right? Wicked, yeah. yeah, right. So if we she, just like her
1: family is a a fishery scientist.
2: My dad, my grandmother, and my sister are all fishery scientists. No so I yeah, I you know that's like my love language. Whoa, with that's my family. awesome!
0: Like for like Noah or like or for um, my
2: grandmother was a professor of marine biology at McGill University. Oh, and my dad was a fishery scientist for the Canadian government oh. and salmon and trout in Newfoundland where I grew up. And my whoa. sister was a shark biologist who ended up in marine conservation in Washington. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. I I love everything about it. It's so... Everything. Yeah. So my (laughs) folks
0: were both immunologists. or uh, Yeah. So my parents, so I was supposed to, they I was from a young age, they were like, Matt, you will go into science or whatever. Yeah. And I didn't.
2: And you did not. But now look at you.
0: I know. And then I came back around.
2: Now you're making them proud. I I
0: know. Yeah. Well, I hope so. Yeah. I I hope so. Yeah. I'm
1: actually making a show about life insurance. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. We're both really. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) Similar.
0: Yeah, for sure. High life insurance. (laughs) (laughs) What if the person selling you life insurance is high? (laughs)
2: things would be better
0: (laughs) oh man you don't want this one dude this is a bad plan dude i'm sorry i came here trying to sell you this dude you're cool man i can't i can't sell you the scam insurance yeah yeah it'd be good
2: it'd be so much better
0: So
1: so you uh, wrote all six episodes.
0: Yeah. So Zach and I, and then we, uh, Joe, another uh, writer, uh, 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 Joe Randazzo, who was at The Onion back when we were, he was our like Oh, he was, he was head writer at midnight too. Yeah, his head writer at midnight. And he was the editor-in-chief at The Onion when I first started there. He was like, and so when they wanted like a, someone who is a little, Zach and I also had babies during the course of the show. We both had babies. Thank you. Thank you. But which was insane. But I guess they were like, we have to do it now. And we were like, are you sure? And then so we brought in someone who could like hold down the floor while we did that too and so Joe was kind of a very senior level kind of writer who could like also make sure that everything wasn't going to fall apart when we had to take care of me. So when, when did you shoot this? Was it February. during the
2: pandemic?
0: No, well, it was like – it was last February. Oh, or, okay. Or fa- la- no, last April. Sorry.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, And then and then it was supposed to come out that summer. We did like a Shark Week episode because it was going to come out that summer, which was insane because then – or like it was just it, – it's it, it, there's so much like visual effects in the show and our budget was so low. So like with visual effects, it's like – you can get it fast but that costs a ton of money or you can get it slower but like you will or you or cheaper but it'll take a lot more time and so we didn't deliver it until like november and so like that was too ambitious but yeah so we saw we took like post it was like 6 to 9 months for the show uh, because like as you see it's just all visual effects it's just us like floating around in i, I do think that's
1: the difference between one of the differences I I would assume between your show making it all the way through to like it dropped on four fucking 20 of yeah, this year, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is yes. so dope on what I think is the best streaming platform <laughs> at yeah, the time totally. yeah, known yeah, as HBO Max. But I also have heard a lot of bullshit people who were like, oh, I've had, I had the idea for a video game stone or something called high score. Right. And I had, and all of that, like, was there a moment where they were pushing you? in notes or anything to like what's the difference like how do we make this so unique that it's it's science it's weed but it's also like Paul, I mean, Paul Bettany is a twist, yeah. I guess.
0: I mean, I think the thing, I mean, like, I'm sh- like, tons of people have like wanted to make a high science, and it's usually people just uh, doing drunk history, but they're getting high instead of being drunk. Right. Like, I think, and I think like there's even like web series and things that are called high science that are like that or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, th- but like the difference was, I don't know, we, our concept just, I mean, I, whatever, the title is fine. We like the title, but like the concept for us is this idea that you are getting high on the thing. And like that you're getting high on science. Like for us, it was like, this is your brain on science. And so like that frame of it for us, we were like, we weren't actually high when we shot the thing because we had to shoot 80 pages a day and it would have been impossible. But instead for us, it was like every choice, everything was like, what would it be like if we were, if our minds were consumed with just this topic and all we could think about was this topic. And like, so that I think was the lens that we saw everything through. And then the other thing for us was we really wanted to... I mean, you're doing just science communication. We had two really amazing researchers, too. And the, for us, it was like, we want the show to have things in it that you haven't seen before. Or like, in like being relatively fluent in like, yeah, the kind of the general gen, like the science, um, the pop science kind of stuff that's out. We wanted to really try to like, I don't know, like break a new story or I don't know, like have things in the show. The salmon in the trees. Yes, exactly. Like, totally. So like, that was like a moment The, the so we have our tree episode and in the tree episode, we talk about how salmon, sorry, how trees in the Northwest eat salmon. Which is crazy. And they have these studies where they show that trees that are near streams that salmon come up and where bears take the salmon out of the woods and munch on them and then drop the salmon in the soil, the trees there do significantly better than in areas where there aren't salmon, which is a major argument for why you should have a healthy salmon fishery. Oh, yeah. In the And so it's like a major thing. This is in Alaska. When I, I learned about that because I was in Alaska on like a family vacation and we went to this little like nonprofit where they like, you know, they like milk the salmon or whatever. They like put the eggs together and they send them out or whatever in order to like up the salmon populations. And they were studying the study, but the whole study was like a, basically kind of was like an accident. Like these people they were doing a study on salmon and uh that like they just kept throwing the carcasses on one side of the river because th- that they were harvesting and doing it and then when they would come back they noticed that it seemed to be healthier on that side of the river than on the other side so then they started like they changed the study or did a new study and they just had like students like fling salmon carcasses to one side of the river <laughs> versus the other <laughs> to sort of see if it would make a difference and it did but yeah so shit like that or um there's one that i the my favorite one in our Shark Week one, which will be coming out in, in in Shark Week, we have one secret episode of the show that is going to come out during Shark Week, but is that sharks came up with teeth, basically? Sharks invented teeth? <laughs> like, I love that. Yeah, like you think about sharks and teeth. Like, like you're like, oh, yeah, sharks are the ones with the big teeth. But actually, before sharks, th- there were no teeth. The first – and it's like proto-sharks. It's not like whatever, actual shark right. sharks, but like things that like would become sharks – They were the first animals to evolve teeth at all. And then that changed the whole game. That changed the whole ocean like ecosystem because it had been I don't know if you guys know the history of the oceans that it was ruled by I know t- all of it oh cool then yeah. <laughs> you know that the oceans were ruled by cephalopods basically mm-hmm. the oceans were ruled by like aminoids and ammonites which look like little n- nautilus and are soft bodied but uh, but have like a little shell on them you know think of a nautilus right and the whole ocean was just filled with those and then these little pesky dudes came along and evolved teeth which allowed them to eat those flimsy shells and then they evolved into to sharks. And then for the next millennia, sharks ruled the the earth and sharks ruled the ocean because they figured out teeth and that like changed the game. And but what and then not only did they invent them, but they came from their skin.
2: Yeah. The denticles. Denticles, Mm -hmm. which
0: is so crazy. I knew about denticles, but I assumed, I guess, that like the teeth evolved onto the skin or something. You know what I mean? That like or something like that. But I never the skin moved to the mouth, and then the little rough patches got bigger and bigger, and then that became teeth. That's
2: crazy. Wild. (laughs) What did you smoke for that one?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Good question. That one, yeah. Well, sharks, yeah. We smoke the, well, it's the, it's, you'll see. This episode is, it's like, it's like a Scrooge, it's like a Christmas carol. But I play like a Scrooge who wants to kill all the sharks on earth. And so I smoke the true meaning of Shark Week. It's Shark Week Eve, and I have to learn the true meaning of Shark Week, which is that we need to respect and protect sharks. And I'm visited by ghosts of sharks, past, present, and future.
2: Oh my God. This is truly the most exciting episode. I'm so I have a shark tattoo for my sister. I'm so excited about to see this. What kind of shark? Uh, this is a blue shark. Oh,
0: I love blue sharks. Yeah. They're the ultimate shark. They're kind of like I mean, they're like the scrappiest. They're sharks. like the best shark. Yeah. yeah totally. Great whites too. I'm pretty- yeah, totally. They're but all right. like blue sharks are just like the workhorse of sharks. They're wherever mm-hmm. you go in the ocean, you will if you throw anything overboard, there's gonna be a blue shark there to eat that sucker. Yeah. Out. Yeah, yeah.
2: Oh my God, this is so exciting.
0: <laughs> Whoa. I mean, this feels
1: like an appropriate place to transition since you two are connecting <laughs> on sharks to another
0: connection that you both have.
2: Oh, right. Dude. I feel like we could talk for hours about all of this stuff. This is, yes.
0: Thank you for letting me come and just talk for hours about no, this. No, it's the,
2: the best time. On. Yeah, no, because Well, that's the
0: thing. You wake things like this and it's like your whole life and you're like so obsessed and you just want to exp- tell people who would like these things to check these things out because I like made it for you guys. It was like yeah. fucking if you like science and you like just and like, yeah, you don't even have to be high to watch that show. It's like, it's just kind of like the spirit of like, a science show for adults. Like yeah. where, you know, like, with the
2: DNA of like Bill and Ted. Totally. Yeah. A little bit, right. Right.
0: Yeah. Yes. 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 We say it's like Bill, Nye, Bill and Ted meets Bill Nye is what we sort of say. Yeah. It's uh,
2: so good.
0: But thank you guys for checking it out and for digging it. That's sick.
2: Everyone needs to check it out. Get well, Michael share his max password if you don't have max, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, I'll give three people who DM and follow uh <laughs> weed and grubs, Instagram, my max password. Oh, nice. Generous. Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll let you know. It starts with a capital M Okay, ends with a number.
0: Oh wow! Do you have a system for I like men, for different passwords yeah. for each? Yeah, I have a One hundred percent. The
1: only one I can never remember: <laughs> iTunes.
0: Your I have to reset password?
1: iTunes every time I try mm. and subscribe. Anyway, huh. we're here to talk about your next
0: project, Matt. <laughs> well, so it was. I was like, "Fuck!" I would love Sorry. to tell Glazer about this show, and then also I was like, "Oh!" And his fucking co-host wrote this article about this other thing that I worked on. So I have another weed. Show. It's like if you don't care about science, I guess. And but you, and you also have an Audible subscription. If you have Audible. I wrote this other weed show that was supposed to come out a year ago, but it involves Russian themes, and so Audible held it because. Of the, it just seemed insensitive to launch a stoner, uh, uh, weed comedy about the Russian mob at, at right when Russia invaded Ukraine. And we were like, yes, that makes sense. And you should hold on to the show until we feel like it's appropriate <laughs> to, to have this. And then it ended up also coming out for 20 of this year, but it's, um, inspired by real things. And one of the things that it's inspired by is also a story, something that Mary Jane, you covered in an incredible piece for Rolling Stone.
2: Thank you so much. Yeah, it was uh, the the genius story. I think it's called the the oligarch. Uh, I can't even remember what the headline was. They came up with such a good headline. But
0: the oligarch and the weed company. The oligarch who
2: <laughs> yeah blew up his one hundred sixty four million dollars and ended up dead in Moscow. I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's pretty much the it. Was thing. it was a
2: wild a wild story that yeah I actually was sent the lawsuit by someone who was like trying to fuck over the two tech bros who were at the sort of center of the whole thing. Okay. Ari and Gabe, who were these two like 20 something tech bros who if, if no one's read it we'll drop a link in the show notes it's you should crazy read this it's, i
0: mean it's just a crazy story it's the like real life story is crazy
2: yeah it was basically like these two young guys who um were interested in crypto and they were looking for you know a way in to make a bunch of money and they were connected with this russian oligarch who was looking to build a vertically integrated cannabis company to i think launder some of his aluminum mine fortune that he had massed and um yeah, they blew up 164 million of his fortune and he ended up dead. And there was this crazy lawsuit because their head of security and who had then ascended to the CEO ended up being this sort of like Machiavellian Freak show and
0: which they, is insane. Yeah.
2: There were like so many. What is Mark? Oh, well, uh, the
0: oligarch and the marijuana fund.
2: The oligarch and the marijuana fund. Thank you, Mark. Um, is the title of the article, but like there were so many pieces to it. There was, you know, the fact that they f- fucked over hemp farmers in the Sierra Valley and That's they insane. were an insane work environment with which was toxic to women in the office. And they were like trying to go to these trade shows, which is the first episode of Your Thing is at Hall of Flowers. Like we were at that Hall of Flowers. <laughs> so, we, so we can get into it. This Dude. is a little all over the place, but. For anyone listening, like the story uh, in Rolling Stone is like just one facet of this very huge sort of iceberg of a of a cannabis disaster. Yes, um, and I was really excited to work on that story, but also like. I feel like I just managed to like scratch the surface and there's so much more to it. It seems. So how much more do you know? Because (laughs) I feel like you had inside information. Well,
0: well, we like, and I should be very clear, like that's just one of the things that inspired this show. It's not. And like, because there are other similar. The thing is, is like cannabis and it's interesting now and you guys are a bit in this world, right? Or I mean, you guys are absolutely in this world, but I'm curious if this, if my observation you guys would share, which is that around that time, like 2018, 2019, there was a huge cannabis boom. And especially like, what kind of, it felt like kind of inspired by tech, you know, like kind of inspired by the tech boom Mm -hmm. and like a lot of people who were in tech or like adjacent or like kind of like early crypto kind of people, that same energy was going into the green rush of cannabis. And it wasn't clear that all these people sort of had the best intentions or like were the right people to be stewards of this precious flower and you know exposing that flower to capitalism. And so instead they were kind of doing it in that way. And then it's been interesting, I think, even since we sort of talk to people about that company and one similar to it and like that world, I think that there's been a wall. It's like no, it's kind of like crashed since then. I'm curious what your sort of take is.
2: California cannabis is on fire. I actually wrote another piece for Rolling Stone about how the small farms are collapsing in Northern Uh, California and everything because of regulation and um, a glut of legal product reaching the market all of a sudden when there was just way too much legal cannabis grown, which absolutely tanked prices and so put a ton of small farmers out of business because they couldn't even grow a pound for what it was worth on the market. Like it cost them more to grow a pound than they could sell it for at a certain point because these huge companies had come like, you know, these massive farms in San Luis Obispo were growing like you know, 100 acres of weed and then just flooding the market with it. So that, along with crazy regulations and like insane permit fees and packaging requirements that change all the time. So you're just spending your money to just keep up and dealing with the Fish and Wildlife Department and dealing with the California, the Bureau of Cannabis Control. Like there are so many spidery capillaries of the bureaucracy that they immediately tried to impose onto this like onto farmers right these are farmers these are not bureaucrats or office workers or people who know how to do most of this shit and you're asking them to do not one aspect of it but like all of this crazy stuff just to bring their product to market so like when someone like the genius fund you know came in and they were like we know how to do all of you know that sort of stuff the money the capital the permitting all that kind of stuff and then you know but they they didn't know anything about the actual weed right which is the crazy thing they founded a weed company with knowing they didn't know anything about cannabis
0: right and then probably also they didn't actually know how the bureaucracy stuff worked either
2: probably well, no cuz it time, right, right? cuz it was yeah. just
0: being started so you couldn't there was totally. no way to know it was like an impossible situation Yeah, but so yeah so it was the, crazy. so there were sort of stories that we were kind of hearing um and like we had written the honestly we had written the whole thing before uh a lot of the crazier shit in your story, like him, like the, how the the oligarch dies, like things Mm. like that, the art, we had already, Russian suicide. suicide. Yeah. We had already written the whole thing before any of that. We didn't even know, to be honest, when we first conceptualized the idea, it was, we were, the whole idea was that, um, you know, my my co-writer, co-creator who had, Uh, Who I wrote the show with had worked just as a copywriter for a couple brands like this and was like these are crazy like what's going on and because it's an all cash business there would be a lot of security around the high the high up execs Mm -hmm. which is why it's so funny that like the head of security then became the CEO Mm -hmm. so probably was just because like that guy was there and like at a certain point you just like hire the person who's also in the room or whatever and so. The, but the sort of, we were talking about how, because it's an all cash business just seem like, you know, they're always afraid that they could get kidnapped that like some cartel would come, you know, someone from the cartel would come, you're stepping on their toes. This is, you know, uh, business stepping on the toes of something that had been a huge black market business so what happens when you know those two forces run up against each other and like you know those are for real fucking people like you know whatever mm-hmm. you know in Humboldt or whatever Murder Mountain like you know shit like that yeah. The cartels and like these are real people and real shit fucking happens yeah. and so we were like what if some dumb fuck naive the, ours was like an American CEO just like a silver spoon in his mouth like like trust fund kid Wants to start a vertically integrated cannabis company, but steps on the wrong toes and then gets kidnapped. And so we were like, that'd be a funny story if like a mob, if like the cartel came in, kidnapped him and then installed one of their own. But we didn't love the idea of, I don't know, of going with the cartel felt like a little played out. And then we just, it just didn't feel like, I don't know, fresh. And we were like, so what's, and then we were like, so what's, us like a mob that nobody would have any problems with a non-controversial mob. And so we were like, oh, well, the Russians might could, could, could be the ones to do this really truly not even realizing that that was actually part of like a lot of these real stories was Russian money. As we started researching and getting into it. Yeah. Sacramento
2: and all this. Yes. Yes, Right. Yeah. So we
0: like didn't realize that that was a huge aspect of it. And then we like learned a whole bunch about how the Russian mob works and how Russia is. And anyway, so that's like why we have Russian stuff. But what was crazy is like one of the main themes of our show is kind of what happens in Russia, like how Russia works. And there's this awesome documentary actually that I watched that kind of like, I watched a bunch of documentaries and read a bunch of stuff, but there's this one called Operation Odessa. Have you guys seen this? No. It was it. on Netflix for a while. Hopefully it still is. You a hundred percent have to watch this documentary it is one of those documentaries where I think it was like some CIA guy, some documentarian must've been having drinks with some retired CIA guy and was like, Hey, what's the craziest story from when you were in the CIA? And that guy was like, you know what? This is the craziest story. And that's what the documentary is, is this dude, (laughs) this is a total (laughs) sidetrack, but this guy who was involved with the Russian mob kind of moved here, basically figured out that he could hook up the Pablo Escobar like cartel with helicopter motorcycles, helicopters, jet engines from the Soviet Union because when the Soviet Union collapsed, they had been all these factories that were state run had then suddenly were no longer state run and they were going to be run by a capitalist market by it just didn't make any sense. So they were just these factories that didn't have Industries for them to sell into anymore. And you could just show up in Russia in like the early 90s and say, hey, I would like to buy. Like a, basically like a military helicopter, and they would be like, "Oh yeah, go to the helicopter factory," and I'm sure they would want your money. And you could buy for cheap. This dude bought jet engines from like what would have gone onto Russian fighter jets. He bought just the engines, and then he brought them back to Florida, and he mounted them onto motorboats, and then they used those hyper fast speedboats to traffic cocaine <laughs> into the United States. Going wow. faster than anyone could like catch them. <laughs>
1: Amazing. <laughs>
2: Operation. So, like, Operation
0: o- and like that's like I'm trying not to even spoil the craziest shit about this documentary, but it's wow. nuts. But well, but basically what happened was the Russian prison system, there was such an extensive um, organization within the Russian prisons because they jailed so many people and so many people for so many reasons that in order to survive, people made this this, basically this big organization, translated as the thieves-in-law, this big organization within the Russian prison system. And when the government fell There was this huge vacuum for just any institution to take over. And because the Russian mob was such a rigid, strong institution, Mm -hmm. they could then take over just regular factories, businesses, the government of Russia. Because they had a parallel, basically government-in-waiting that had developed inside Russian prisons. And then that's why Russia is how it is, is because people who were once – criminals running things like that. And then kind of with the KGB, like another Mm -hmm. parallel structure to the government took over and then that's who runs it. And the theory there, the kind of the thing that like they operated under was that basically if you wanted something, you take it. If you want to have you know, there's a, a, a Russian yeah, motorcycle factory. The, some guy runs it who was a functionary during the, the Soviet Union or whatever. He's a pushover. I bet if you go over there and just act tough, he'll just give it to you. And if he doesn't, then you can just kill him and take the factory. Yeah. And that's just how it works. And so, but then, and then it just like, it's so reductive and stupid. This is like a huge country with like lots of history and there's so much more to it. But also, they wanted Ukraine. So they thought like they could just fucking take it.
2: Right? Yeah. Fucking wild! Yeah, Putin was the head of the KGB.
0: Yeah, basically, yeah, right? right, yeah, essentially, yeah, yes, yes. Or I think like yes, and then it became another agency, but yes. Did yes, you
2: yes. know that there's a hockey league that's just like entirely oligarchs? <laughs> Did you know about that? <laughs> well, because one of the, the, of the guys, the yeah, 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 yeah. Bostaf was yeah, like Bozov part played, like helped organize it and shit. Yeah, like that. it was just like all the oligarchs show up and lace up and you do some billionaire hockey. Fucking crazy.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. it's a wild. But so I don't know the cannabis industry. I mean, you guys are kind of hanging out with cannabis industry people. Yeah. How does it feel these days? Like does it feel like, like it's on
2: fire, really. Yeah, yeah, everyone's everyone's screaming because it's all going down. Like the, the, the airship, the Hindenburg, is crashing. Yeah, it's pretty wild. As far as the, like, as far as the you know, the people who are in the regulated market, people in the traditional market are like just chuckling <laughs> <struggling laughs> and watching it, you know, smash into the side of the mountain, whatever mixed metaphors. But like, yeah, it's not going well if you're in the regulated market, mm. um, except for a few people who just have a lot of money. And they're kind of waiting it out, but like Mm. all the little guys are really suffering, and it's it's hard. That sucks. You know, we have some friends who are like like the puffco peak that's in front of you there. He's doing great because he's non plant touching, Mm. and um, like all of the sort of accessories for this, you know, because consumers are having a good time with like legal weed and stuff. So like that that part and people who are making accessories and smoking, you know, uh, devices and stuff. I think they maybe are doing okay. I hope, but uh, generally people who are like actually growing. And trying to sell flour are, are – it's hard right now. That's
0: such a sad phrase, non-plant touching.
2: Mm-hmm. That's
0: so sad to be someone who doesn't touch the plants,
2: <laughs> right? I don't yeah. know. Just
0: in general, if I was a no-plant-touching person, I would – Right. I like touching plants.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so but we should talk a little bit more about Bloodweed, though, because it's like you've got incredible talent. Oh, yeah. Haley yeah. Joel Osment. Yeah,
0: yeah. Maria Bakalova. Yeah. We have – and uh, this, this dude, Clayton English, who plays like a rapper in it, who's like – like this amazing, I don't know if you he's like a stand up dude who has just like an incredible. I know voice. him well. Oh, awesome. yeah, he's great. Yeah. yeah, so he's he's plays like a jaw rule rapper type who co founds the company. What's his name? Cole Fusion. Cole Fusion. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Yes, Fusion. Fusion. And then we have our Russian guy is uh this dude Hugo Armstrong. I don't, and then we have a bunch of like UCB people who are amazing, like Zach Cherry. And Lennon Parham, who we were just talking about, so and uh, like Aaron Jackson is, I don't know. We just have like this awesome cast, and it's like a very fun, it's like a full cast audible show sort of jam where it's, it's like, a good a radio play. Series. It's a thank fun, you.
2: it's a really great production. It's, it's very, a, oh, oh sorry, thank you so sorry. much. Hello, is touching things. Yeah, it's very satisfying. Like, I don't know, how, like, how did it work for you being in the editing room and with all the sound mixing and stuff? Cause it's really, audibly I mean I know it's unaudible and obviously it should be good in your ears but it was like particularly nice Oh thank you Yeah,
0: yeah well so we had done a few audio audio fiction things in the past and so I we've like learned a few lessons about Like how to like to me, it's because audio fiction. I don't know if you guys listen to a lot of audio fiction, but it it, like it can be just like a a little bit of a higher hurdle to like get into it versus like a conversational podcast or like even like a NPR reported podcast. For some reason, so I've spent like a lot of time trying to like think about why, and I think there. And so like whenever I make one of these audio things, I try to like in my mind, I'm like, how do we like reduce the amount of like mind friction that you have, and like basically the amount of like effort that it takes to like really focus on one of those shows and you can't entirely because it just is more information like it's just like a high information density kind of thing a little bit more than like a conversational podcast I guess just because you're used to I don't know it's easier to cook and listen to you guys than it is than it would be probably to cook and listen to Bloodweed unless you were like several up and like so you were like already in in it. It's hard to show story yeah. audibly right totally yeah. yeah so there's just a lot coming at you. So there's a few things that like we figured out that I believe in for it. And one is like having a narrator really helps because it means that you can like zone out just a little bit and someone will tell you like here's the scene here's why like the who what where of a scene can be set up by like someone's voiceover otherwise you have this thing in in audio shows where it's like people every scene starts with people being like wow what a cool office you have (laughs) and there's two of you and I like your shirt like it like sort of like you have to play this little game to get into it but if you just have a narrator you can just be like so there I was and still stuck in the Russian prison and they were about to beat me and then here's the scene it's like Mm -hmm. easier to set it up And then the other thing is, yeah, having like really nice sound design, but that isn't like too crazy, but is like just like pinpointed enough. And we had a a couple really good sound editors who'd worked on like King of the Hill and done a bunch of like stuff for Mike Judge's company, this dude, uh, Bobby Maxton and, and... uh, Glenn Lucas is like, uh, they, these two editors helped us. And then we had this dude, then we got really lucky with this musician named Michael Cheever who did all of our scoring and also wrote all the like rap songs that are in the show. Like, mm-hmm. so I don't know. So we just had a bunch of really good collaborators to help us make this thing. And everybody was in it. this one, we did like deep COVID. We like wrote it just like, like me and Dan just calling each other and like talking it out. And then we recorded it during COVID. The other thing that I like to do is try to get as much as possible actors together at the same time which sometimes in audio shows you can't do just because of scheduling or whatever. But I think it helps a lot if you get performers like together, ideally in the same room or cause it was COVID like on the same zoom mm-hmm. helps a lot.
1: Oh, I wonder if it was maybe easier to get everyone on zoom together. D- right? Yeah, it was easier. You know? And
0: especially during COVID, everybody was excited, to, like wanted to do something. Haley was dope too. Haley, he like also had his own home studio. He's like a musician. Oh wow. And so he, reco- like we would send people like a recorder and stuff like that. And he was like, no, no, I got it. I got it. And he always had his own set. Up
2: he's really show. funny in the show. He's great. He's
0: he's, he's awesome. Uh, he's like, like
2: I didn't know he was a funny guy. Yeah, he's, he's so funny. So in the funny.
0: Show. He's like, well, that's the thing. We I've seen him in a bunch of comedy stuff because he's like, like what we do in the shadows, and he was in the boys, and he's like always hilarious. And oh, like, that's right. Yeah. yeah so, but like you course. kind of are like, oh right, and Silicon Valley like, oh yeah, Haley Joelosman is like great. I love him, and he's hilarious. He should be in more things. Yeah. And so we were like, dude, we should have Haley Joelosman. Also, his voice, he kind of sounds like a SoCal like stoner kind of guy, and so we just felt like it, it
1: would fit. Did you then take the finished scripts and all of this cast to Audible? Like, how did that? How did it work to get a weed story on a big place?
0: Totally, yeah. So and well, and I should say, like, the, in general, the way you get stuff made is you just pitch as much shit as you can all the time, if you can, and like come up with a tons of shit. And so this one was because you just never know why something will get picked up and why it won't, or and, something
1: that started five years ago, yeah, is exactly, now it could a, pop a, up a again. Max, yeah. yeah. So
0: this one was. Dan Abramson who I wrote it with we had just he had just sold something with funnier die to Spotify that was with Kevin Bacon which was like a cool that's the the last degree of Kevin Bacon on Spotify which is funny I I I wrote on that with him but he had like pitched that to Audible and they ended up going with Spotify but the exec at Audible was like hey if you ever got something else come at me and then Dan was like to me, he was, I don't I think he felt like he was like that too. Like this dude, this exec said, I, if I had anything, I should pitch something like what let's to fun, Let's come up with something. <laughs> and So then we were like, okay, okay. And then he had just done these gigs working for this weed company. And so we came up with this thing and then we pitched it to this exec. And it was the same sort of thing, dude. We pitched to this exec. He was like, yeah, this is great. I love this. That's great. And then Uh, between him greenlining it and then like their lawyers being done he was like he quit the company or whatever right
1: of course and so we were like
0: oh no our project is gonna die but thankfully when it fell out of legal, another exec had just started there who had been someone who I had worked with in New York before a producer this guy Josh Poole who had worked at Above Average which was another like kind of like digital era New York thing he had been become our exec and he was just great to work with he was like someone who had worked with before a bunch and so he kind of like helped us push along but we had to basically, we sold the scripts for it, and then they were like, exactly, kind of like you said if they liked the scripts, they would green light it to production. And so, we wrote the whole series 10 episodes of it, and then they liked us, so they green lit it to production, and gave us a budget, and stuff like that, too.
2: Wow. I just uh, had the image in my head of you, like, swinging through the jungle on vines and, like, letting go of one before you grab the next. <laughs> <laughs> having to, gr- like, always trust that the next vine is going to be within reach. That but is
0: zest. That is exactly knows? how it works in this industry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's exactly- but isn't that – I don't know. Isn't that how it feels always, doing any writing
2: and creative uh, pursuits? Yeah. It's yeah. got to be a series of miracles to yeah. make anything happen, right? Yeah, and you're happen, always right? just trying to grab
0: the vines. And then you don't know which ones are going to slip and which ones are going to, like, hold you and which ones will work and which ones won't.
2: Sometimes you get the god vine, though, or, you know, some fucking awesome vine. The
0: god vine?
2: That's what DMT, ayahuasca, I think they call the god vine. god vine. Oh, I love
0: that. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. Well, and then, because it's, did you, well, (laughs) you you know, I think they, I don't know if it's true, but they discovered, or they discovered, I don't know, the, you know, human, I don't, who knows how long ago the first humans, like, started doing ayahuasca and stuff like that, but that jaguars, had been gnawing on at first and they followed jaguars. Did, did you guys know, do you know this story? Say more. So the, the, they are, we kind of looked up into this for high science because we were thinking about we were like we we were trying to dial in how stoner we should go and one of them was like what if we did something on animals getting high like just like an episode on that because there's there's tons of examples of that that are all amazing and interesting but one of them is that jaguars in South America would chew on I believe the god vine the vine one of the vines that is used as an active ingredient in ayahuasca jaguars will chew on it and you'll see them sort of like you know rolling around and having like visions or whatever but I I think one of the theories is that, you know, the people who were native to that area who were in the jungles during that time would see jaguars tripping out and then put it together with after eating this vine. And then they started messing with that vine and then eventually it became like the stew that became like ayahuasca or whatever. That's like one theory that I've heard.
2: Fucking awesome. <laughs> Fucking awesome. <laughs> Isn't that
0: crazy? Wow. So crazy. The Jaguars were e- gnawing on the God Vine, and we were Wild. like, Ooh, why don't we gnaw a little bit? Why don't we get a little piece
2: of that? <laughs> <little> Snap.
0: <laughs> season two hi <laughs> science oh, yeah, yeah. let's go
2: so bloodweed, everything is available on audio yeah, audible, on audible yeah, yeah right which now. you can
0: get like a free trial of and listen to it for like a month and then you can or you look there's plenty of good audiobooks on audible do you guys like audio books the I, last
1: one i enjoyed was bubble jordan morris oh,
0: friend yeah, of the show totally yeah Love that's bubble. a great show yeah that's another good audio fiction jam for sure yeah. totally yeah yeah i don't i like audio fiction
2: um we probably we should wrap. Yeah. But I uh, also
1: have a pitch okay. to everyone listening. So okay. I can either do it before Buds of the Week or after Buds of the Week.
2: Um I don't it doesn't matter. Okay. Go, go for I'm it. gonna do it
1: now and then we can do Buds of the Week and wrap up. Okay. If you liked this episode and you like weed, it is so important to support things like blood weed and high science so that more things that you love that have to do with weed get made. So if you don't have Max, get Max. If you don't have Audible, get Audible. Support Matt. Support his shows so that more things can be made by people like Matt. It's the only way to prove to this Hollywood system that it's a viable Thing to put money into
0: totally and so it's so important and like i have to say too, everyone who worked on both of these shows i think like put extra love into them because they liked that they were not only that they were weed sort of things but also that they weren't like putting weed down or making weed seem like it was just for losers or whatever that like i mean high science like the whole point of it is that it's the dumbest possible joke getting high on something so that we can make the smartest possible show you know what i mean like that's so that's like to me like you want to do really smart comedy, really dumb, or you want to do really dumb things, really smart. Like, yeah. like that's how you, I've always like kind of lived, like, the onion is like that. Like, we, I mean, that's
1: our dynamic. I say out of pocket d- dumb shit, and then Mary Jane's <laughs> like, well, here's the facts. Yes, like, yes, yeah. I'm just totally. thinking about
2: like every, I mean, most of the stoners that I know are the most incredible. They have the most incredible minds. Yes. Because they explore parts of their brains that a lot yes. of people don't. Yes. You know, that, yes. that weed like unlocks part of their cerebellums and allows them to have like, yeah, bizarre high thoughts that might not always make sense. But, but also, also, like,
0: Deep, introspective. Super
2: fucking interesting and cool. Yes. Brilliant. No,
0: absolutely. I would not be who I... Well, yeah. I mean, weed for sure. But also, you know, mushrooms teach you things. Like, you know, there are many like mantras and things I live by that came, you know, that were given to me by the mushroom gods.
2: By the mushroom. Yeah.
0: By the fungus. By the god fungus. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. I'm full fungus touching. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You got to touch fungus.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, let's do Buds of the Week. Let's do some Buds. Before we get out of here. So our Buds of the Week, we just uh, shout out someone that we want our listeners to check out someone that's doing good in the world or someone that you're just interested in like highlighting because you like their work or could be yourself you can be your own bit of the week if you want to that's nice uh you want to go first mate because you have yours pulled up yeah
1: i'll go first matt you want to go third sure okay Okay. uh my bit of the week this week is barney at barney has the blueprint on instagram uh i've known barney for a very long time and he does have the blueprint especially in the weed world the first time we no the second time we met i was on my way Ah, sorry i was on my way to get a Are you playing your It's the Mayo for me underneath? Are you plugging your Instagram underneath my butt of the week? Well, ah. follow Mary Jane at It's the Mayo, and also follow Barney at Has the Blue Party. <laughs> Sorry, prince. Barney. So the second time Barney and I met, I was on my way in Echo Park to get a haircut. I get a knock on my window. I turn, and that's when Barney was at Mota, and he just handed me a joint through my window at a stop sign and said, "Later, Glazer." And I drove off. Oh and uh, since then, man, he's only climbed higher and higher. Become more and more of an influence in the weed game. Everybody loves this man. And if you have a chance to smoke with Barney, I highly suggest it. So follow Barney at Barney Has the Blueprint.
2: Wow. That's a great butt of the week, Mike. <laughs> so, Pro shit. Sorry, I interrupted. Um, <laughs> my butt of the week is Nathan Calicio, who is the head of Rose Los Angeles, which is one of the coolest. Uh, cannabis companies in the space. And I had the pleasure of chatting with him for a profile that I'm writing for the arts and culture issue of High Times magazine. And um, he started out as a screenwriter doing stand-up and then he moved into weed because as he said he was like, I just didn't want a live audience or any critics anymore, but I still wanted to be creative. And he was like, I think that I can do that in cannabis. And they make these incredible infused Turkish delights. I don't know if you've oh, had Rose Delights, but and they're working with some delight. of the craziest chefs like Dominique Crenn, and like he the Shepanese people and they're they're just making wild infusions with things that you couldn't even imagine being delicious and unedible, But then like lemon and sumac and black sesame and you know salted plum and anyway, I can't say enough good stuff about them. Uh, so check out Rose if you're in California. You can buy them at any dispensary, and then I think they're shipping to all states with their hemp brand. And Nathan's just the coolest guy, and I will post a link to the piece when that comes out. It's just, they're great people, and they're they're all artists, like everyone at that, like from the farmer on up, like their design of the packaging, everyone there is just a super creative person. And I think that that is something that I miss in legal weed, mm. like they are snuffing a lot of the creativity um, out of it. So, you know, keep weed weird, and um, that's what they're doing over there.
0: Butt of the week, Matt? Yeah, well, I feel like I should, I should shout out the, 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 Writers Guild of America is on strike right now and I do feel like because I'm like promoting a show that is on like a, an actively struck network I'm like but I should also mention personally I am on strike I'm in the WGA that show is a WGA show and the WGA right now you can find us picketing out in front of all sorts of studios and things like that in Los Angeles I don't know if you guys have talked about the strike at all on, on the show or anything like that or if your audience is interested but I, I was like just talking to a friend from San Francisco this weekend who came down and uh, he was like oh yeah are you guys what's going on with the strike and I was like oh I thought everyone knew about this and I thought everybody because like in LA and New York I think everybody does but like there's like a, we're on strike like the Writers Guild of America is on strike right now and we just like the, the Directors Guild just signed an, an agreement and so I think that we're in this like tenuous little moment right now where it's like unclear whether or not we're gonna like get everything that we need in order to like survive and the vine to vine like ind- aspect of this industry we're trying to make it so it's not so crazy so I don't know I just wanted to shout out up, making The Writers Guild of America is on strike. I, it's a thing that's very important to a lot of people who make cool things. And so I hope people sort of check it out and support us and shout down people who on Twitter are trying to like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's like there's like insane people always being like that. Ah,
1: I mean, you book. arrived here wearing your name tag from yeah, striking. From, yeah, I
0: think that's why I thought about it. When, when you were like, shout out a buddy of the week and I was like, oh, right. I should probably talk about the fucking strike, man, because yeah. we're fucking on strike. What'd you write on your sign? Uh I... Have only written because the, well, the truth about the signs, a lot of the signs aren't, it's hard to come up with a good sign. I feel like at this point. Yeah. (laughs) Ah, they've nailed every sign. The only one that I came up with that I was like, okay, I'll write this one down was uh, Prime same day deliver. My residual check was one that I wrote. <laughs> that's pretty strong. Yeah, that's, that's nice. Yeah, Bezos is a listener. So, yeah. Oh, you know. good. So yeah, yeah, Jeff, dude, just pay us a little bit of your money, dude. Come on, oh, motherfuckers. Did you see that he fucking, he put that his, on like a maiden on his boat? Isn't in it shape his of girlfriend? His, yeah. Isn't that insane? I actually can't. i have like been like trying to think about how you can even get to the point in a relationship with somebody where that makes sense to do at all, even if you are very rich. I don't know, do you think that would be cool?
2: Uh, I don't know, man.
0: Like a
1: self portrait, I guess, is so hack. So,
2: but isn't he like he's just a 12 year old boy trapped yeah, in that fucking body just and brain, a right? Boy. Like, he It just seems like so juvenile. Yeah. Um, he's just yeah. a little boy. What a fucking lunatic. Well, honk <laughs> for the strikers when you drive past him. I always like try. Oh, deep? please honk, dude. You, you gotta know, honk give him support. Um,
1: last plugs, please. Your all your socials and everything.
0: Oh, yeah. You just find me at Matt Kleinman I'm not, I don't, you know, me. I don't love so, like social media. Make, like, it makes me very sad and stuff like that, but I. I try to use them to promote, but Twitter. I guess I'm more active on, even though it's the sadder of them. But I have a longstanding like dislike of Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg, so I tend to use it at least a little bit more than Instagram. But you can also find me at Matt Kleinman at Instagram. Um, and, uh, oh, just cause I think, well, I don't know if it'll make it, but Zach, my co-creator has uh, a lamp business. Yes, he and does. I would love for you guys to put a link to his lamp business in, in the notes too. We had talked about this before. Oh my gosh. So we they should are... plug it if we're going to share his lamps. Okay.
1: Let's plug those lamps really <laughs> fast. Mary Jane, I'm pulling them up. So because... Zach
0: Poitras, the, my co-creator of high science, uh, a long time ago started <laughs> making these flush lamps. Okay, and he takes you know the part of a toilet, specifically urinals, but I've seen other ones that use the same thing where it's like a hard flusher, like a, a lever flusher. Do you know what I'm talking no. about? No, like um, like not
2: the handle on a, just a regular bathroom. Not toilet? like on
0: like a regular toilet. Like if you go to like a, a restaurant or oh, like yes. a, you know, and it's like, like an industrial sh- an industrial totally. plunger kind of flusher. Mm-hmm. He makes lamps where those are the on and off switch. Oh no way.
2: <laughs> That's so fucking rad. They're
0: the, they're amazing. They're yes. flash lamps, and and they and it, the thing is, is you worry like, will it be as satisfying as I want it to be? Oh, fantastic! And it is like he like puts in like a pretty big clicker for it to like plunge against, for it to like give you a pretty satisfying like chunk when the lamp turns on. Wait, look what I from the Weed and Grub
1: account. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote incredible in twenty twenty one about him.
0: <laughs> so it's been on the weed and grab radar for, for wow. a few years. Oh right. yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Zach makes these flush lamps so I'm trying to get him to make another batch. He's got to make another batch. He's like riding on his last batch. He's got to get back into it. So yeah, good. Yeah. Flush lamps. Wow. Flesh lamps
1: too. Oh man, you're so red. Thank you for joining guys, us. Guys,
0: thank you so much for having me. Truly, like I just meet these projects. I'm like, oh fuck. I need the people who would like these things who I made it for to check it out. And like you guys are like exactly the people but yeah. like are like these two people I'm like made this for fucking Glazer and Mary Jane I like made these things so I hope they should check them out and so thank you guys for so much for for checking them out and for having me on and uh getting to speak to uh, speak to them. Um, to oh, Tyrannios.
2: freaking awesome. Thank you so much. It is for us and it's oh, it's truly for everyone who listens. I know so many people who are going to be so geeked to like check out both of those projects and everything that you do. So oh, thank sick. you Thank so you guys. Much. Yeah. So
0: High Science on Max and uh Bloodweed on Audible.
2: And come back. I would when love you have to, more come stuff back, to talk honestly, about it anytime. This talk we
0: didn't even get to food, dude. We set the room oh, on fire again. Shit. I love food. <laughs> dude, fuck. Well, whatever. Well, next time. Yeah. Well,
2: part two. Part two. Okay.
1: <laughs> you can follow us at Weed and Grub on Instagram, uh, on YouTube now at Weed and Grub, Mike and Mary Jane on TikTok. Leave a review. Watch Matt's shows, please. And uh, anything else, Mary Jane?
2: It's the mayo for me. I'm still making sandwiches and talking about sexism over there. So give that a follow. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.